Okay, everybody, welcome to the um, May edition of, or meeting of the Silicon Valley Speechwriters Roundtable. Uh, I'd like to introduce uh, Sanjay, who's a veteran speechwriter and award-winning children's book author and an entrepreneur. He was just telling me he's got a business uh, that he's getting funded for that we'll talk about uh, more after the uh, conversation has touched on speech writing. And Sanjay's written speeches for CEOs and executives in a wide range of industries from finance and tech to education and nonprofits for companies like Toyota, Comcast, CBS. He's also, and this is where we'll have some of the discussion because all, many speech writers actually segue into other forms of writing and Sanjay's written several children's books that have won awards and he's the CEO of uh, organization called SDPH Media and uh, Super Duper Princess Heroes. Uh, he grew up in Southern California and uh, graduated from UC Berkeley uh, up here in the Bay Area in economics and neurobiology with an MBA from UCLA. So he also has his website uh, www.thespeechwriter.net and um, so with that welcome Sanjay. Hi, thanks for having me. What kind of advice would you share for somebody who may be in the corporate world or maybe laid off or maybe they've taken time out for raising kids who want to get back into speech writing? How would you advise people find those clients? It sounded like you were sort of copywriting for clients, but how did you find the copywriting clients which led to speech writing? You know, it's evolved because when I started, you know, this is in the mid-aughts, around 2005, 2006, um, SEM was very viable. So that used to drive a lot of my new client acquisition. It's just straight through Google AdWords. Um, not so much SEO, which you know, they're organic on the left side, but SEM, which are the ads you see on the, on the right side of a search term. And the cost per click, um, if anyone's, I'm, I don't know if everyone's familiar with SEM, but essentially through Google and other search engines, you advertise, you have a few lines of text, and you pay the search engine a, a cost per click. So every time someone clicks over, it can be $0.10, cents, it can be a dollar, it can be $10, depending on how competitive the space is. So for you know, five to seven years, it wasn't that competitive. So the cost per click was manageable, um, and it was a great way to drive business. But things have changed a lot, I've seen, in the past two to three years, where now you have um, well, Guru and Elance, which I know I think has changed its name, but you're seeing a lot more, or many more freelancers, and freelancers are also that are being kind of coming together as collectives, um, coming out of the Philippines and out of India and foreign, and is doing a lot of high quantity work and not necessarily high quality work, but for a lot of businesses, that's what they need. They need tons of web pages, whatever it might be. Um, so that form of marketing isn't as effective, I find now, um, compared to you know maybe eight, six years ago um, when it was really effective. So from that, it, it's, it's evolved. My personal business has evolved, so I'm doing some different things in terms of media and branding and um, children's entertainment. But for someone going into it now, I mean, there are a couple of main ways to get clients. You know, one, you know, SEM is still viable. It's still there. I just think it's a little more expensive and, and, and it's more competitive. So the, the ROI on that marketing dollar probably isn't as high now as it was, you know, like I was saying, like five, six years ago. Um, so that's one way. And, and, and the benefit of that approach that you can access clients across the country and across the world. Um, you don't need to meet them in person. I've, I've had hundreds of clients over the past decade, and the vast majority I've never met, probably 95% I've never actually met, um, which is, you know, that's kind of the benefit of today's technology. It's great. You can, we can even 
which wouldn't even be feasible 20 years ago. Um, so that still works. There are those sites like Elance and Guru and the other ones, those platforms where someone puts up a project and you bid on it. Those can be effective, but I'm a little cautious because if, if someone's an independent um, proprietor, someone's a sole proprietor you know, working on either copywriting or on speech writing, those platforms tend to be a race to the bottom in terms of uh, fees. So you'll have one project posted and you may have anywhere from five to ten people bid on it. And a lot of the people bidding are basically they're, they're business owners who farm out the writing to people, younger people in the U.S. who have a very low hourly rate or sometimes people abroad. So if you want to maintain a decent rate, um, it's really hard because it's so competitive on those types of platforms. That having been said, people do run a business and make a living just through bidding on those projects and winning them and, and creating work. So that, you know, that's another option to explore. Um, and probably you know, one of the strongest options is always just networking. It takes a lot of time, but it can be very effective finding local businesses, local professional groups, um, and getting out and meeting business owners, entrepreneurs, um, meeting service providers who work with business owners and entrepreneurs, and um, you know, pitching your services and getting to know them and networking. So that kind of you know, feet on the ground, in-person, face-to-face networking can be a great yeah, client. So you know, you've got your online advertising through Google. You've got these bidding on, on marketing platforms um, such as you know, Elance and Guru and those types of places, and then uh, face-to-face networking as well. Um, those tend to be the three primary ways to get clients. Um, you know, outside of that, people have tried all different types of things. You know, people I've met over the years, and people do mailers at times, um, especially during an election season. You know, reaching out, cold calling, sometimes even uh, local politicians who need speechwriters, uh, sending out mailers to C-level executives at various companies. Um, you know, that can be expensive. It's a low hit rate, but if it's a strong piece of marketing or it's a strong call and you have a very specific niche or a pitch that resonates, then you can get clients that way too. Um, yeah. Those types of things, though, it, if you're more specific and you have a niche as opposed to being general. That's great to hear that. That especially on the pay-per-click, I think you're right, five, seven years ago, costs were lower. Maybe um, it's obviously much more competitive in general uh, in terms of online advertising. Um, you mentioned networking, and I know uh, Colin Morehouse may be on the line. He, if you are, Colin, you're on mute right now, but he's a Canadian speechwriter who's spoken at the Reagan conference, and one of his tips is if you go to any local um, you know, it could be a Lions Club or Chamber of Commerce or whatever meeting, uh, if you choose it wisely, you're more or less guaranteed to be the only speechwriter in the room. And if you let it be known that's what you do, you'd be surprised. he's surprised at who then says to him afterwards, oh, I'd like you to, you know, come into our organization. Have you any specific examples around specifically speechwriting where you networking paid off? Uh, several. I mean, so many of my clients, in addition to getting through SEM, the ones that I have met that have been in person, um, even though they're, they're, the quantity is not there in terms of the number of clients, in terms of revenue from those clients tends to be higher because you get many more projects from them, bigger projects and more repeat business because it's a relationship-based thing. Um, so with a lot of these relationships, you know, I've had people I've met, whether they're attorneys and they work with you know, entrepreneurs or I've met people with CEOs of educational institutions, that I've met or worked with you know, five years ago and that keep me in mind and come back to me several years later because they have a conference or they have a or they have some type of event where they need a speech. 
Um, so the idea with networking, it's interesting. It's not an immediate return. It's not like a sales pitch where you go in, you give your pitch, and then you find out if you win the business. It's a slow burn. It's just getting to know as many people as possible and developing that relationship, making sure they know what you do, making sure they, they like you. Because a lot of times it's not just what you do, but that, that personal relationship and they think that you're, you're an amenable type of person. Um, and then at some point, that person you met many months ago, sometimes many years ago, there will be a trigger. Well, either they will need a speech or they will have a client or someone in their network that needs a speech. Um, and because there aren't a ton of speechwriters, if your name sticks with them, they're likely to give you a referral. And with networking, it's interesting. And that's where it can be frustrating because if you're going to these early morning meetings or these afternoon cocktail hours, you know, you're constantly out there and you're meeting people and you need to you know, really put on kind of a, a good pitch and have good energy. So it can be exhausting. Um, and it's a slow burn in that it's not like an immediate return on, on business. But in the long run, that can really yield great results because, because you're building that, work, that, that network and you get almost a critical mass. If you know enough people, when those triggers happen, they'll start calling you. And that's, that's really uh, very interesting. One you didn't mention that I've heard a number of speechwriters say, and maybe it's obviously not the initial phase, but what, um, what role did referrals play? Did you get a lot of business through word of mouth, uh, referrals from existing clients? Absolutely. I mean, that, that's a big part. And that's a little different because it's, you know, with the other ones, it's an active process. You're actively networking. You're actively managing SEM. You're actively bidding on projects. Um, but with a lot of that, you know, that's how I, I, I tend to categorize it by first-time projects and repeat projects. So first-time projects, you know, you're actively seeking that and winning that business. You know, with the repeat project, um, and sometimes it, it's, you've done such a good job that these people come back to you. And, and that can be really kind of a foundation for a sustained business, especially for an entrepreneur or someone who's a sole proprietor. Uh, referrals are a really big part of that. Um, and if you do a good job, these people will refer you. Some people can be a little more aggressive, and, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. And going to past clients and setting out a yearly, yearly or sending out a yearly email that's very personal, um, just asking them, you know, if you know someone who needs a speech, you know, please keep me in mind or let them know here's my information. Um, so asking clients to give you referrals, because um, sometimes they may not even think about it because they're so busy in their own world. You know, obviously, they're not focused on getting business for someone else. But if you remind them or drop them a friendly note or mention it in a conversation, that could be a way to get business as well. It's just kind of part of the whole sales process, right? And that kind of sales perspective mentality, that sales attitude, you know, is not relevant only to speech writing, but only to almost any type of business, is making sure that your clients know about you and asking your clients to give you referrals. Um, yeah. That can, be, that can be key. Yeah. And now you also, and I, I'd be curious to know, you uh, said it was only, was it, when did you get the website? The, first of all, the URL is great. The speechwriter, obviously, probably .com was taken, but you got .net. Uh, yes. How long did you the website? Uh, the website came up about two, three years ago. Um, and, and I would highly recommend that, too, because eventually, you know, you're going to do all this networking as, as a speechwriter, and you're, you're hustling, and it is a hustle. You know, and you're hustling with, with, with SEM and everything, putting this time. And someone finds out about you, this is great. How do they learn more about you? The first place they're going to go always is, is your URL, your website. And so that, putting the time and effort and the, a little bit of a budget behind that really pays off. Um, 
And I've found this especially with freelance copywriting as well. For whatever reason, on the creative side, sometimes the polish on their business or personal websites isn't strong. So if you have a very polished, very professional website, it's just going to be more of a differentiator. And especially for, you know, like with speech writing sometimes, you know, it can be higher end if you're talking about CEOs and politicians. They, more than anything, you need to instill confidence in them. They need to have confidence in your professionalism and in your ability. And if they go to your website and it's sharp and it looks great and it's polished and the messaging is really clear, they say, hey, you know, okay, I, I trust this person, um, this woman, this man to, to write my speech for me. If they go to that website and it looks, it looks like it was created 10 years ago, and it's a little amateurish or not as professional as the competitor's website, it's hard, it's hard to instill that in that's hard business. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's good. Yeah, your website definitely has that polish. I will mention to people, because um, obviously there's not many, well, there is a ways, many ways you can spin. Uh, you've got a great one, The Speechwriter, as the main part of your website address. Um, obviously, speech writers taken, but if, for some people, if you're an expert in, say, you know, healthcare, you could get, you know, healthcare speech writing or something. Uh, also, people should be aware because part of the I do about uh, what's called GTLDs or new instead of .com and .net. There's a whole range of them out there that you can uh, go on to GoDaddy or wherever and, and secure, and those include like .expert. So I, w I don't know if speechwriter.expert is available, but um, there are many other, ex you can, I think .guru is one, .expert, .training, if you're offering training in speechwriting.